0: If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele.
1: And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast.
0: Hello, this is episode 71 of the Leading Learning Podcast. We're going to be talking with Paul Gannon, founder and CEO of ThoughtCast Media, a digital marketing agency that specializes in video content marketing. Before we get to that, though, we have a couple of quick notes, and we also want to highlight a resource that we think you might find valuable. First up, we want to be sure to thank Your Membership, the sponsor for the podcast for the first quarter of 2017. Your Membership's learning management system is specifically designed for professional education, with a highly flexible and intuitive system that customizes the learning experience. Your Membership's LMS seamlessly integrates with key systems to manage all of your educational content formats in one central location while providing powerful tools to create and deliver assessments, evaluations, and learning communities. You can find out more at yourmembership.com. Next, are you a serious learning business professional committed to investing in your own professional growth and improvement? If so, we hope you will join us for Learning Technology and Design, our upcoming virtual conference created specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. The event takes place March 1st through 3rd, and you can access recordings of the sessions after that through May, and you can get all of the details at ltd.leadinglearning.com. Now, one last item before we get to the interview with Paul Gannon. We want to highlight a resource that we think listeners will find useful. So, Jeff, tell us about this resource.
1: Well, since we are focused on marketing in this episode, we thought we should pick a, a resource that is also focused on marketing. And we decided to highlight our Market Insight Matrix. Now, what this is is, as the title suggests, a matrix that guides you through three stages of assessing your market, idea generation, idea verification, and idea testing. And it gives you specific activities in each of those stages. So what you end up with is a sort of tactical map for really staying on top of your market needs, not just at one point in time, but over time. So you can get that by going to the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 71, or simply by going straight to com slash matrix.
0: So the matrix is all about assessing your market. And of course, a, a key reason for wanting to assess your market is so that you can connect with members and customers and convert them into learners. And that's where your conversation with Paul Gannon comes in, right, Jeff?
1: That's right. Paul is all about conversion. Uh, his company and he are, are focused on video, but he makes it very clear in, in our discussion that it's not you know, video for video's sake, just throwing something up there because it, it's trendy to have video on your site these days. Video really has to achieve something from his perspective, with conversion, of course, being one of those somethings that it can uh, achieve for you. So, you know, we talk about why video is so powerful, uh, especially as a form of social proof, and we talk a little bit about what we mean by social proof in, in the episode. And Paul offers up some really great tips and insights on how to do video right. Um, in fact, you know, the stuff he says about Facebook Live in particular is really interesting. So this is a this is a really useful episode. If you're in a position to do it, and not if you're driving, but otherwise, if you're in a position to do it, um, you'll definitely want to take some notes for this one.
0: Well, and we should also mention that Paul will be a speaker facilitator at Learning Technology Design, talking specifically about how to use video to attract and convert prospective learners. Um, and so I think this conversation will give folks a good taste of, of the kind of perspective and expertise that he brings. Um, and you can also, of course, find out more about what he'll be talking about at LTD at the LTD site, ltd.leadinglearning.com. So with that, let's get to the end
1: Hey there, this is Jeff Cobb and I am very happy to be joined today by Paul Gannon. Paul is the founder and CEO of ThoughtCast Media, a digital marketing agency located in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, which specializes in video content marketing. Immediately prior to launching ThoughtCast Media, Paul was the vice president of marketing for Personify, a provider of CRM and ERP software. And prior to his work with Personify, he headed up marketing for the Intelligent Transportation Society of America and other for-profit and non-profit organizations. Paul is also going to be a speaker facilitator at our upcoming learning technology design virtual conference Where he's going to talk about how to use video to attract and convert prospective learners So having given that introduction, welcome to the show paul
2: Thanks so much, Jeff. It's great to be here with you.
1: Well, really glad to have you here today. And obviously, I gave a, a little bit of background there, a little bit of an introduction. But it'd be great to hear from you uh, a bit more about you know, your background and, and how that led you to feel compelled to, to start a video company at this point.
2: Sure. So there are, there are two things that really describe my career uh, of about 30-something years now. Uh, and the first is uh, associations of nonprofits. So I've spent my entire career working for nonprofits and associations of various types, half of that career working inside those organizations and the other half of that career marketing to those organizations. And the second characteristic of my of my career is that I'm a marketing guy. I've always been a marketing guy and that's what I do. So and it's, it's um, really becomes an important part of my story with my new company. I'm not a video guy. I mean, I do a lot of video, but mm. I'm not, I didn't. I didn't go to film school. Uh, I don't have a big studio. I, I'm a marketing guy, and I use video specifically for uh, for marketing purposes. I've had a couple of friends who are, you know, you know, sort of artists in the video world, and we try to have conversation along those lines. And no, 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 I'm, I'm a very practical <laughs> marketing guy. It's not about art for me. It's about marketing.
1: Well, and I think that's what I you know really loved about your approach. You know, when I heard what you were doing, you you are very practically oriented. You want to get results out of out of video, and um, you know, and I know that right now I mean, it seems like you just everywhere you turn there's just a ton of buzz about video. I, I think I just read this morning. You know, video is now the new blogging. Um, you know, and, and whenever there's that much buzz about something, it just seems like there's always a reason to be a, a bit wary. So. You know, maybe you could say a little bit about you know what organizations um, uh, certainly what they would could take advantage of with video, but what what might they need to watch out for uh, at this point as they're considering sort of jumping on that that video bandwagon
2: sure, so the last time I saw technology um, take off like this I mean you you can't find a bad thing to be said about video mm. <laughs> if you google it. And there's so many stats. I don't know which one to use. The last time I saw something like that happen was with, with mobile. Right. And there's always that that idea in the back of your head that is this a bubble? Is this gonna <laughs> is this gonna burst at some point? I don't think so. I think it's um, there are a variety of um, marketing reasons, and I think even societal reasons that um, that uh, augur for uh, the continued use of, of, of video. But I would say this: that the things that folks really sort of need to watch out for is um, people doing video for video's sake. Mm-hmm. So people doing video because video's cool. There, there is a certain attraction there with the lights, camera, action sort of thing. So you really have to steel yourself against that idea, and you have to really look very hard at how is this going to or not going to help me um, with my marketing, my marketing efforts. People, I think, become fascinated with... Um, with the production values around video, like they want a video that will be really nice and really cool and so forth. And that's great, but is it actually going to work? Um, so um, people spend money that way. And so you end up spending money for a great video and there's nothing wrong. with it. It's a beautiful video, but is it going to work for you? Is it, is it the best use of that money? So I see a lot of people doing, sort of generic corporate videos. You know, that's just sort of this one-size-fits-all one, one size fits all sort of video. We're a great company. We're very innovative. This is, this really tends to be more on the, on the private side, although I have seen it with associations. But, you know, we're innovative. Um, you know, we want to attract people to come to work here and so forth and so on. And for the kind of money that you spend on a big video like that, you know, $10,000, you can actually do 10 smaller videos mm. that have really 10 times the SEO value. Uh, that that big video does. So you really, really need to focus your attention on what are the marketing values that this that this video is going to deliver to me. Apply those those standard practices of marketing, and you'll be in good shape. And, and you just
1: mentioned uh, SEO there uh, a moment ago, and I definitely want to come back to that, the whole search engine optimization and, and what sure. video does uh, for you from that perspective. But I, I also noticed, and I have this in mind because I, I was uh, very fortunate uh, just a couple of days ago to be able to interview um, Robert Cialdini, uh, who wrote the, the, mm-hmm. the classic book, you know, Influence, um, and we'll be publishing that in a couple of weeks. But at the same time, I was kind of looking at your blog and getting prepared for this interview, and I noticed you had a post about the undeniable power of social proof, which which is, of course, you know, one of the key concepts from Cialdini's work. Um, And I Mm -hmm. I think that probably goes to a lot of, you know, what the real value in in video is. So, I mean, what's your perspective on why video works so well as establishing social proof? And I guess maybe we should talk a little bit initially about what social proof actually is. How do you define that and why is video so powerful
2: for it? Sure. So social proof is taking the cues from a a broader uh, group of people, a broader community. Uh, who are you know weighing in either positively or negatively on a product or a service or an idea. And so uh, the best example I can give you is um, Amazon.com. I mean, I have... I'm trying to think of the last time I bought something on Amazon.com where I didn't read mm-hmm. all the comments about that product. And so it's just incredibly uh valuable because we tend there's a lot of science behind this there's a lot of you know we place a lot of trust in people saying that's a good product and you should buy it so that's really sort of the essence of social proof um i think i'll tell you a story about the first time i became aware of the the value of video this way so video is an incredibly rich medium it's the richest as far as I know um, because when you're watching a video you're not only hearing the words that people are saying but you're actually seeing them in the context of who those people are so you're getting you're getting human emotion that goes into it and, and the first time that i I noticed this we were doing a um, we were doing a demo of a partner integration back at personify and the host who was you know working for us was talking to this this uh, partner and trying to sort of go through how this, how this integration worked and it was a standard integration everyone's seen them like so you push this button and this happens then you push this button and that happens and our host finally stopped the, the partners and said hang on a second show them that feature where the data goes from here and then goes into there and then they have the availability goes that is the coolest thing I've ever seen and I, I really want my, my viewers to to see that and I was behind the cameras watching one of a million interviews and I thought, man, that's powerful. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a good writer. But I, I can't write that well. To convey that excitement from a guy who was really trusted, Rob Kane, if anybody knows Rob Kane, who's really trusted in the association industry, to have him really get emotionally involved with a feature in a, in a partner integration. And so things like that are, you know, I, I see them now more and more, that that's what really gets people excited. So when you do a customer testimonial, for example, or a member testimonial, and that member sits down and brings all that energy and excitement that they feel about your organization, your product, your service, to that. It's really, really compelling stuff. And I think, um, you know, I mentioned the in an earlier question that there's some societal trends that sort of augur for for this as well, you know, we live in a, a post-truth era now, oh, right. and um, as a way of restoring, uh, restoring sort of um, trust, video is amazing because you can't, you can't get away from it. When you shoot a video, you see people's facial expressions, you see their eyes, you see where they are, you see how they're dressed. So we do a lot of social video uh, here, We're really sort of getting into it. And, you know, there's no, there's no uh, idea that, you know, I'm a much bigger company than I say I am. You know, it's, it's just very revealing and very transparent and very honest. And so in this day and age when people aren't sure what to believe, video is a great way to, to restore that trust.
1: And you made the point earlier, you know, that you're not a, you're not a film school guy. You're not going for, you know, the the Steven Spielberg sort of uh, production when you're doing video. You just want it to work. And I I know a lot of what you do um, at Thoughtcast Media is, um, well, A, you know, you're actually behind the camera helping organizations with it, but you also provide just a, a lot of useful tips. And I mean, my impression is that, you know, any organization uh, if they 'll just roll up their sleeves a little bit learn a little bit, um, they can potentially shoot you know very useful, very effective video without having to go out and you know buy a big camera and, and you know go through the whole uh, production work um, so I, i'm wondering you know i 'm sure our listeners are thinking, okay, social proof great you know get some testimonials great, but how do, how do I do that and, and make sure it's going to be you know as effective as possible I mean are there you know, two or three tips that you could give listeners to say, if you're you're going to set up a camera, shoot some video, do this to make sure it's going to be uh, as effective as possible.
2: Uh, Sure. So the the first tip I would give is, um, you know, it, it needs to be part of your content strategy. And so when you scratch the very surface of that statement, what you end up getting to is you need to get beyond the idea of shooting one big video. Mm. So, content video, video content marketing is not about that one video. Start thinking in terms of smaller, more bite-sized um videos. So, for example, when you're when you're thinking about your blog, you would never think I'm going to write one blog post that's going to do all the work for me for the next year. So, you want to do as many blog posts. it's about repetition, it's about targeting very, you know, narrow things with your marketing. So, Get get into that mindset of not spending ten thousand dollars on one big video. Spend a little bit of money and get ten videos for that mm. amount, and, and and use that work throughout throughout your, the year, and that brings it to nothing. You're you're absolutely right. Things are you know videos being democratized now. And so, um, it's, you know, people don't expect a uh, Martin Scorsese level production. Uh, they know that they're looking at, at marketing video. It needs to be clean. It needs to be, you know, you need to be able to, it has to be properly exposed. You have to be able to hear people so forth and so on. But I guess my second tip would be to establish, you know, a production value standard for your, for your video. So you need to have something that First covers the basics. It needs to be clear. It needs to be understandable. It needs to be, you know, all the other sort of marketing things that you would do with any piece of content. Uh, it needs to be, you know, concise and targeted and so forth. But in terms of the look and feel of it, you know, you want to make sure that there's there's enough value in those production values that people stay engaged and that it looks like it's part of your brand. So, for example, if you are a uh, if you sell. Auto parts—that's one level of production values. If you sell, you know, high-end jewelry, that's going to call for another level of production values. So, spend a little bit of time, on, you know, figuring out what you can afford, uh, and then spend some time on the web looking at companies like yours and see what sort of, you know, how are they supporting their brand with video? You don't want to go to a video and go, "Wow, that is just not like the brand I just came off of." you know, on their website. So make sure that you that it matches up with your brand. And, and importantly, don't spend any more. So if you are an auto parts store, don't spend for, you know, the money that you need to spend for a high end jewelry shop, for example. Mm-hmm. So figure out what that is. And uh, then the third thing is, um, I, I think, you know, we, we, I talked about the democratization of, um, of video. I think social video is something everybody should explore. I would suggest people, Start looking at that, I think there's a lot of um new stuff going on there where the the production values are even lower they're almost um you know kind of raw and you don't want to, you don't want to do things with your with your cell phone but find a way to do to capture that information uh capture that video so what what uh, does get it out to many people
1: so what what does that mean practically speaking social video like how how is that different from just you know putting something up on youtube or, or whatever is so? it
2: Sure. So, Facebook Live, we'll, we'll talk very specifically about ah, that. Facebook okay. is really interested in getting people to do video because they know that video is an incredibly engaging medium, mm-hmm. and they want people to do it. And a lot of Facebook Live stuff is, you know, people at at um, conferences. Like I'm at the conference, or I'm at a party, I'm at the pool, I'm at a, at wherever it's on their cell phone. They're holding the cell phone. It's all jiggly and so forth, and that that's great for individuals but for brands a lot of brands are now beginning to figure this out hmm. and that you've got access to this incredibly so you know wide large social uh, network and to be able to to really sort of do sort of basic stuff it, it changes because it's so inexpensive to produce it changes the 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 the, the equation on whether or not you should Do something for video. I'll give you a good example. I've got a lot of customers who are technology companies and they go to annual meetings and trade shows and so forth and so on. And everybody sends the, you know, the required email, like, hey, we're gonna be at the trade show, we're gonna be in booth four oh one, so forth and so on. I don't know if that's ever worked for anybody. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So you get them, I get them, I don't even open them, they go in the trash. I used to send them, but you feel compelled to do something right so set up a camera sit the sit your uh product guy down if you're a technology company and say hey we're going to be at the booth and and what's going to be in the booth what are we going to see and you spend five minutes talking about that that's really compelling and again you would never spend you know a thousand dollars two thousand dollars to produce that but you would do that for a social video which is very easy to produce and very easy to distribute so I think I think the next big thing is going to be social social video, and, and my tip would be to look into that and see if that's maybe not something that would work for you.
1: And is it safe to say with any of this, you know, whether it's a social video or, or whether it's something that's going to be you know placed on on your website? Uh, but basically, anytime you're shooting a video, there should be a goal to it. it should, you should be shooting to accomplish something, whether it's to teach something or to, um, you know, lead to a specific call to action. Um, but uh, I think as you said earlier, you're not shooting video just for the sake of shooting
2: video. Absolutely right. I mean, you just mentioned two or three standard, you know, marketing practices. Why, are we, why am I writing this blog? What are the keywords that I'm trying to hit? What is the call to action at the end of the blog or in the middle of the blog? What do I want people to do? when they consume this, this information. So absolutely. Yeah. You just, it's video is like any other piece of content and all of the rules of content marketing apply to it. Um, so yeah, it's not all about lights, camera action. It's about marketing and, uh, and then using this, you know, the particular powers of, um, of video to, uh, to take advantage of that, to give you that extra, that extra lift. You know, we talked a little bit about, um, SEO is search engines love video. Again, they're interested in providing their searchers with the richest, most compelling, most full-fledged content that is that's available on that particular subject. And so video does give you that extra boost, but not if you don't follow sort of the basic rules of of marketing. Make sure you've got your keywords in place and that you're you're hitting those keywords in the video. You do a transcript for the video so that you've got the words mm. associated with that post. So there are a lot of SEO t- kind of tips and tricks that you can use to really, really maximize the value of that, that, um, that content and get people to read it and consume it and then do something about it.
1: And so SEO is obviously you know one other aspect of marketing that organizations need to have in mind with their you know web presence in, in general. Um, I mean, in general, how do you see video balancing with or coordinating with uh, I guess you know the, the various components of marketing that uh, organizations tend to use? And I, I mean, one that comes to mind immediately is that email is such a big thing, and I know that I've found personally you know if I'm emailing a list and it's got a link to a video in it. Um, that tends to get clicked more than, than other things do. I mean, what's your experience, you know, with the relationship between video and email marketing or, or just other types of, uh, uh marketing uh, practices?
2: Yeah, no, no two ways about it. So in our, in our email, video gets clicked. our customers, video gets video gets, you know, the open rates are better. The conversion rates are also, also tend to be mm. better. Um, and that's both within the email as, as well as, um, as well as, um, you know, on landing pages. So, uh, and there are there are some other things that allow you that you can do with video that you can't do with other content. For example, the, the analytics on video are tremendous because you can actually see what the person watched, okay, and 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 collectively what what everybody watched. And you will see, you know, people will watch a video up to a certain point, and then just like magic, they all drop off. <laughs> Interesting. And so, um, yeah. So, and that you don't get that with with a blog. You you know that somebody. Clicked on that page, you maybe know how much time they spent on that page. You don't actually know if they if they consumed if they consumed the content. Mm-hmm. So there 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 are things in in video, for example, called turnstiles, where you can you know twenty percent into the video, you know if you think you know the the content is compelling, you can say you can stop it and you can say, hey, you want to see the rest of this video? Give us your email address, right. for example, right? And mm-hmm. things like that convert really well. They're great for driving people into deeper engagement with your organization at, at later times with other things. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think the other great value of videos like, like any other piece of content, it's, it's another, you know, arrow in your quiver. So you can, let me, so I'm trying to think now we did. Um, so the, the, the um, blog post that you mentioned about social proof, we did a video, a social video for Facebook, live about that blog post Hmm. so it's another way to drive people into things we're then going to take that video which ran on facebook live last week and we're going to uh edit it clean it up shorten it put our branding on it and create a landing page for it so it's very reusable it's repurpose repurposable if that's a word um so um and I think that's one of the one of the great things about a video you, you shoot it once chop it up use it for different purposes clean it up you know send it to this person send it to that person put it on uh, on the landing page use it in social so it's a very very versatile kind of uh, content
1: well, excellent. This is fascinating, and I, I know I'm going to be. Uh, I, I've had it on my list to dig in more to uh, Facebook Live, and uh, definitely going to put that at the, at the top of the list. Now, now I know you're going to be, you know, talking in, in more detail about all of this uh, at uh, Learning mm-hmm. Technology Design. So that's going to be great. And of course, your company provides, you know, services around this. So if somebody, you know, wants Correct. to work with a, you know, a, a pro around doing this, um, you are the the person to come to. So, but as as we're wrapping up uh, our, our conversation today, though, I wanted to, to shift gears a, a little bit. Um, you know, everybody who comes on the show, because this is the leading learning podcast, uh, we, we like to, to mm-hmm. ask them about their own learning habits. And I know, you know, you're an entrepreneur now entrepreneurs are by by nature learners, um, and lifelong learners. <laughs> uh, so I'd, uh, I'd love to ask you, you know, h- how do you go about in, engaging in, in, in learning on a day to day basis? What are some of your practices and, and, and tools to, you know, keep you at the top of your game?
2: Sure. Yeah. It's either learn or die when you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> exactly. uh, which was, which is a really pleasant surprise for me, you know, not that I was especially looking forward to learning how to do accounting, but you know, it's, it's interesting. So, so personally, I'm like an experience junkie. Um, so I love new experiences. I love diving into things. So my learning challenge in a sense is to sort of narrow my focus. So I get very excited about new things and want to go off and, and read them. And then I don't really end up doing much about it. So, mm. you know, to put a new twist on an old phrase, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades and a master of some, I can claim mastery of some of these trades, but, um, so what I, what I tend to do is I, I try to keep a journal of the things I've learned and I wait for things to show up a couple of times before I I really start, uh, digging into them. But, um, you know, I spend a lot of time reading things on the web and, and then buying the books is sort of a natural progression for me, and and finding people that I can talk to who can steer me in the right direction. I, I've been blessed with a great circle of friends who are, you know, lifelong learners themselves, but also you know some certified executive coaches. I've never actually retained any of them, but I learn a lot from them on you know how to how to focus my time, which is sort of a the big challenge that. Mm. That I have and not to go off and learn things that really aren't going to pay off as other things might. So yeah. hope that answers the question.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's, it's always a challenge to, to keep that focus. I know I find myself wanting to chase after any number of things. And sometimes you just have to rein yourself in. And like you said, is this, you know, is, is this something I really need to be doing right now? So Right. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk, uh, Paul. It was and fun. yeah, yeah. And as we're as we're signing off here, can you let folks know, um, you know, how best to connect with you, connect with Thoughtcast Media, find out more about what you're up to?
2: Sure. So uh, you can visit us on the web at ThoughtCastMedia.tv. You can tell people at cocktail parties, you know, somebody with a .tv website. <laughs> uh, and I'm available at P. Gannon at ThoughtCastMedia.tv. But another thing, you know, we talked a little bit about social video, um check out our Facebook page. We're doing something called Thoughtcast Thursdays. And so uh we're starting to do um you know some social video around uh various topics in video marketing every Thursday. And uh so you can see some of the some of our productions there and get a sense of the value of the you know the sort of the production values that we're working with there, which are as I said much lower than most of the work we do. But also it's a great way to to get the content out there. So if you're interested in additional tips, that would be a great place to look for us on on Facebook.
1: Well, excellent. I'm going to be sure to to check that out myself. So, well, thanks so much, Paul.
2: Always a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you.
0: That wraps up our interview with Paul Gannon. As we're headed out, we want to say thanks to your membership for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find out more about your membership at yourmembership.com. We also want to make sure that you're aware that Registration for Learning Technology Design is open. This is our annual event specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development, and you can get the details and register at ltd.leadinglearning.com.
1: To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 71. While you're there, you'll be able to find the download for the market insight matrix that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And also while you're there, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of the podcast, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe.
0: We'd also be grateful if you would take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. You can do that by going to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. Uh, We like to hear from you. We like to see the ratings and the reviews, and it also helps others find the podcast.
1: Finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet to do that simply by going to leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, uh, you can pick another social network, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever one you prefer, and spread the good word about the Leading Learning Podcast.
0: Thanks, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.